0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to God-Sized Stories. This is your host, Patricia Holbrook, and today I share an interview that is going to inspire and challenge parents of children of all ages. Am I getting parenting right? This is a question most parents ask themselves at some point. Well, thanks to Andy and Sandra Stanley's extensive experience in teaching on the subject of parenting at different stages, you now have an incredible resource available. Their first book written together, Parenting, Getting It Right, is now available and is an outstanding resource for parents. The Stanleys have spent decades teaching and learning. They have counseled families, mentored others, and learned from mentors of their own, all while leading one of the largest churches in the country. In our interview, we talked about the challenges and rewards of parenting with the relationship with our children in mind. You will be blessed by their incredible insights. And by the way... The Stanleys are giving away a copy of their book to one of my listeners. Just take a moment to share this interview on social media and tag me for a chance to win. If you're enjoying my shows, would you take a moment to subscribe and leave a review? That helps my rankings and I certainly appreciate it. Well, whether you're walking your dog, putting another load of laundry in or stuck in traffic, get ready to be blessed by another episode of God-Sized Stories. I know you all are super busy right now with the launching of your new book, so thank you for taking the time to talk to me and my audience. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So, Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Andy, it's nice seeing you again. And I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. That's right. Well, very excited to talk to you. And um, first of all, just want to give a quick introduction to you two, uh, about both of you. So Andy is very well known throughout the world by for his ministry, but he is a, a pastor of Atlanta-based North Point Ministries uh, that you founded in 1995. You, this church has grown tremendously. It's one of the largest churches in the United States. It has uh, about 180 churches and its networks around the globe, really. And here in Atlanta alone, you have eight campuses, which is amazing. And then uh, you are also the host of your move with Andy Stanley. And you deliver about 10.5 million messages each month through television, digital platforms, and podcasts. And you are the author of more than 20 books. Is this? Is this 21?
1: Um, actually, I don't know how many. This is sounds crazy. I really don't know how many books I've written. I've heard 25, but I, I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, who's counting, right? But this is our latest book, Parenting, Getting It Right.
0: That's right. Exactly. Well, and you, you are also the son of my pastor of 20 years, Dr. Charles Stanley at First Baptist Atlanta. So uh, we have that in common. Well, you're the, the, the son, so that you've learned uh, much more than I have. From him, but uh, Sandra, she is the wife of how many years? Will you guys be we married? Been married thirty-four years. Thirty-four. Yeah. He looked at you. He looked at <laughs> you for that one. <laughs> well,
1: I thought she was going to make me come up with that number, but I knew thirty-four. Absolutely,
0: thirty-four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Sandra has a heart for foster kids and foster families, and uh, you and and Andy have been fostered since nineteen twenty. 10 which mm-hmm. is incredible and i know that that's your ministry passion and you you actually uh have a project and writing projects that you're involved in and you are involved in the fostering together which is a ministry at uh, north point ministries well we are here today to talk about their first book together is that correct that's right well i have um i have a to the two of you um for several years, teaching people about and teaching even on on television about parenting. And this is uh, the book, Parenting, Parenting, Getting It Right. Tremendous resource for parents. And I believe that you kind of compiled tremendous amount of information that you have gathered through the years, not only on your own experience, but also counseling other peoples and everything. And let me ask you, why, why? Writing parenting now.
2: Well, it, it's a little bit scary, Patricia, writing a parenting book because you know the jury is always out on all of us, and and even on our parenting, and so it's a little bit scary. And the other thing about it is it it seems to to um to it seems like we're saying, hey, we are we're the best parents, we've got all the answers, and that couldn't be further from the truth. We are not perfect parents and don't have perfect kids, but we have. Um, done, you know, our, our oldest son is 30. So our kids are 30, 28, and 27. So we felt
1: like it was safe it was, to write yeah, it down. <laughs> yeah.
2: And we did stumble on some things along the way that we thought would be helpful. Yep. So that's why we decided to write it. Down.
1: Yeah. And we're empty nesters. And um, the subtitle of the book is Getting It Right. And the it for us is we wanted to raise kids who enjoyed being with each other and with us when they no longer had to be. So when they were old enough to decide for themselves, we wanted to raise kids in such a way that they would want to be with us and want to be with each other. And we are experiencing that now. And people Mm -hmm. have asked us, what did you do? And so this isn't everything about parenting. This is everything we know about parenting for parents who want to parent toward relationships in the future. And so um the it for us is again kids who wanted to be with us and with each other enjoy being with us and enjoy being with each other. And since we're in that season now, we thought, well, here's what we know about that for parents who want to parent in that direction.
0: Absolutely. It's a humbling, uh very humbling subject, isn't it? Because you just you said it all none of us really know uh we all have, because well, we are involved in different personalities, different stories, mm-hmm. different backgrounds. So parenting is very challenging. And you even mentioned that uh, in your book, you know, you you say that uh, if you don't, um, that if the parenting is complicated and you want to get it right to do that, you have to determine your it. And to yeah. you, the it is just that whenever they grow up, you want them to be around, right? That's yeah. the, we that's want them what... to
1: want to be around us and um, with each other. Mm-hmm. and so the yeah. the gist of the book is how to parent with the relationship in mind because um every parent is parenting in a direction, but most parents don't stop long enough to ask the question, What is the direction? And if parents don't choose the direction, culture chooses it for us. So from Mm -hmm. very early stages, uh, we decided this was our win. This was our goal. This is is what we wanted to look back on and feel like we had achieved as parents.
0: Absolutely. Parenting with intentionality. I always say that because, you know, if, if... If you don't parent that with intentionality, somebody else is going to take care of your kids for you. And then you have this mess that's (laughs) in the world, you know, absolutely. Well, in the book, you emphasize parenting uh, with the relationship in mind. You also, you also talk about the importance of finding your parenting North star. Can you unpack that for us?
2: Thank you. Go ahead.
1: Well, uh, when our youngest, excuse me, when our first child, Andrew was still in a car seat, we were uh, headed to vacation. And uh, we thought we should come up with some goals. And I loved the dynamic that I saw in Sandra's family. Uh, she has an older brother, a younger brother, an older sister. And her family, her parents and her her brother and sister, they always enjoyed being together. Always. In fact, if they were all together and one of them was missing, they would call that person and say, here's Just what kind we're kind to
2: torture him a little bit. Yeah. We miss you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Why aren't you with us? And that was so normal to her. It was not normal to me. And as we began to talk about it, I said, I I want that with us and our kids and with each other. So I saw it first. And, and then, I
2: just assumed it. Yeah. I right. you know you know, whatever, what you grow up in, you just kind of, especially when you're younger, you, you sort of feel like that's what, that's the norm.
1: Yeah. But I I I knew that was not normal and that that we needed, as you said, uh, as you said, Patricia, we needed some intentionality to make Mm -hmm. sure we were moving in that direction. So that was for us, that was the win. And um, because we did student ministry with high school kids for 10 years together, we saw parents parent in a lot of different directions, you know, for mm-hmm. compliance, rule keeping, don't embarrass mom and dad, I want you to play in the NFL, I want you to be on Broadway, um, academic success, all of those things are appropriate and important, but we just decided those things aren't the win. Not in the term- North Star yeah. for us,
2: yeah. yeah. And what I saw in my family informed that idea of, of let's parent with that ultimate relationship in mind. And what does it look like to get there? And what does parenting look like? And what does the journey look like to land there with our kids?
0: Yes. And, you know, you see, you see a lot of, uh, I think that we are so busy this day, you know, as parents, and a lot of us work, both parents work. And if you do not really determine, even like, like you, to did, you talk together, and these are the things that we are, we need to, to emphasize in our relationship with our kids it just it, other things take over and all of a yeah. sudden you just see that you know the the relationship the family relationship whether it's parent and child and siblings um is a mess and you've seen yeah, that in lost. our society today it's you know, lost you in the
2: busyness yeah.
0: absolutely absolutely well explain to me why uh you think the behavior modification is not a healthy basis for building lasting relationship with your children
2: well, when we think about parenting with the relationship in mind, um, we decided, you know, since we're moving in that direction, behavior modification isn't the goal. Um, what is on the other side of any um, anything our children? Do wrong. Anything they do wrong on the other side of that is a person. On the other side of disrespect is a person who got hurt. On the other side of dishonesty is a person who got hurt. On the other side of of, you know, lying a break, a relationship break. So there's always a relational element. So if we're just trying to modify our children's behavior and not teaching them to restore broken relationships, um, we end up, you know, we end up short kind of shortchanging them yeah. a little yeah. bit.
1: Behavior is a means to an end. And as Andrews just said, the end is relationships characterized by honoring one another, not obeying one another, honoring one another. So simply getting our kids to behave correctly without helping them understand why that's important, um, it, 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 we stop short. So you get well-behaved kids, but we've seen this. Mm-hmm. Parents can raise well-behaved kids who do not want to come back and be with their parents. They can raise well-behaved kids who don't enjoy being with each other because beha- um obedience is not what is not, obedience doesn't fuel a relationship. Honor fuels a relationship. Mm. So moving beyond simply getting kids to behave. And of course, when our kids were young in that first season and stage of parenting, we were all about obedience, oh, um, yes. but we we connected that, to here's why. And the why is because, as Sandra said, there's always another person that's impacted by your behavior. So the goal isn't the rule. The goal is to honor the person who's impacted by the behavior. Right.
0: And also explaining consequences, right? I I remember um, our oldest, she was like less less than two years old. And she's in that phase of just, you know, opening all the cabinets and trying. All my parents were putting lockers, you know, on the cabinets. And I never did, you know, I just... I created a space that was safe for Adriana to play in the kitchen while I was cooking and has just Tupperware. And I explained to her, this is your space, you know, but and whenever she would go somewhere else, you, ex- you have to assume that your children are intelligent and not just create that type of like, uh, uh, whether it's a punishment or what have you, mm-hmm. instead of explaining to them why you are, you were, creating yeah. some boundaries into their lives, right? And that's
2: why the four stages of parenting is so important mm-hmm. because, you know, our approach in all the different stages is different, but you're talking about that, those discipline years, those zero to five years, and they really are learning their consequences for behaviors. Yeah. And You know, those are the years where you got to be quick and you've got to have, you know, consistency. But then as they get a little bit older, you can start explaining a little bit more. Those training years are the years of, you know, five years old to about 12 years old. And you really can start explaining more then. Mm -hmm. And so, and then there's the coaching years and the friendship years. But one of the things that helped us with all of those approaches was as, as our children move from one stage to another, we have to move and adjust our parenting with them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to your point during those, you know, when they're two and three years old, you, you can, you can be training them and teaching them the importance of obedience, then that there are consequences for actions.
1: And the fact that you, this was so smart, the fact that you did not put locks on the cabinets, you were teaching your daughter to honor you rather than simply obey you. And you were mm-hmm. teaching your child, hey, this isn't about, I'm not trying to keep you from something. I'm trying to provide something for you. And those mm-hmm. are, because it's easy just to go to lock everything down, button everything up, just have a bunch of rules and control, control, control. And that works until they're about 10 years old. And then it begins to break down and then parents aren't sure what else to do. So the, well, that was such a great decision you made. Yeah.
0: i, I I think, I think so. I believe that that has taught them uh, const- just to be careful, not just because, you know, like uh, the the decisions or the safeguards that you put in around their lives in those uh, training years. They, they are for a reason and they, they right. find out uh, what kind of a mess a parent finds when they do not understand those four phases of parenting and they get jumbled up. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, our children are going to um, move from one stage to the next, whether parents do or not. And one of the, I think one of the places where you can see it play out um, most dramatically is when parents try to hit the friendship years during the wrong season. They're trying to be friends with their kids in the training or the, or the coaching years. And that just never works out well. The parent has to be the parent, you know, during all those, during, during that. So I think the importance of of it is they will transition and we have to transition with them and our approaches have to change as our children grow up our approaches to to you know to the way we discipline to the way we talk about hard topics to the way we you know what we require of them all has to change as they change in different seasons
1: and one of the things that we saw this is an important question is parents have a tendency we saw of not disciplining in the discipline years. They would Mm -hmm. let their kids get by with things and say, isn't she cute? Isn't he cute? Well, they were the only ones that thought it was cute. Everybody Mm -hmm. else just didn't wanna be around their kids. (laughs) And then as their kids got older, then they began disciplining and they'd missed the opportunity. So here they are in what should be the training years and they're doing what they didn't do in the early years because they just let their kids get by with something because it was so cute. Um, The training years are so important because this is when we practice with our children how to do things, but if there hasn't been discipline on the front end, it's very difficult um, to train our kids, and by train, and in our home, we would literally practice we things practice with our everything. kids. We practice everything. We practice go to the door and greet someone. We practice um, yes. how do we behave in a restaurant, because uh, the tendency for parents is when their kids uh, misbehave in public, um, they start disciplining but they have to discipline their kids in public because they didn't train their kids at home. So we unpack this in detail in the book, Parenting, um, because, again, this is easy to miss when our kids are young because they are cute. And, it, you know, the risks are low and the behavior, the, the, this, the disobedience is minor. But those are the years when we, again, we begin, as Sandra said, to help them as they begin to move through these four stages.
2: And during those training years, and you, I'm sure you saw this with Adriana, in those training years, and and even in those earlier kind of discipline years, everything is fun and yeah. nothing is dumb. So you can turn everything into a game. <laughs> yep. You can practice things. You can send them on missions, you know, where you're trying to teach them certain things. So everything is fun. Nothing is dumb. When they turn 13, 14, 15, everything is dumb and nothing, nothing is fun. Is fun right. And you've kind of missed your window and your opportunity to yep. to practice those things that you're going to expect them to do in public. And so it's um, it's important to get those stages right.
0: Absolutely. And we see around us, right? And I think, uh, I wonder how much of it comes from the fact that the generation before, so the generation, like our generation that was raising the kids who are today parents, by the way, congratulations on the first grandchild, (laughs) how exciting, new phase of life. But, okay. you know, the, the, those girls, those kids, like our kids age, um, they may not have had that structure that you are talking about. And then so they they feel lost at how to raise these kids. And we see these kids that are behaving like seriously, like crazy and ruling their parents out there. You see them everywhere. Right. Yeah. And so, so important. This phase is that they are observed. This this book is incredible, an incredible resource for any parent out, out there uh, that needs to really understand these different phases and how to approach them in in, in a healthy way. Um, and you 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 just talked about the disciplining on the later years. So. Uh, you you share in the book that how disciplining choices should be very carefully evaluated for the later relationships, and you said that say that which I love because later is a lot longer. Can you unpack yeah. that?
1: Yeah, later is longer. So this is so important. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked about this, Patricia. When we decided how to discipline our kids when they misbehaved, we tried to connect discipline to relationship restoration. Because this is his life skill, restoring a relationship. Many adults don't know how to restore a broken relationship. And again, it reminded our kids that when they broke a rule, when they were disobedient, when they were when they were disrespectful or dishonest, somebody was impacted. You didn't just simply break a rule, somebody got hurt. So we tried to always come up with disciplines that um connected their the discipline to restoring the relationship with the other person. This takes a little bit longer. It takes more creativity. We give some great examples in the books of uh, in the book of what this looks like. But the natural tendency as a parent is just, I'm going to take things away, go to your room, you're in timeout, I'm taking your door, I'm taking your PlayStation, I'm taking the keys, I'm just going to take things away. But taking things away does not teach a child or a teenager how to restore a relationship. And relationship restoration is the key again to parenting toward relational wholeness and health. So, we think this is one of the biggest takeaways from the book, and that's why we included some illustrations.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and talking about this environment that we create for our children, because you know, you you get to those coaching years, and a lot of times, that's when kids, you know, we're talking about like the teenagers, they close off a lot of times you know yep. and they don't want to talk so how did you cultivate an environment at home that encouraged your kids to talk to you yeah
1: i'm going to let sandra answer this but i going to brag on her she was the one who realized that we cannot choose the time that's most convenient for us to communicate with our kids we have to become students of our kids and communicate in the time that's best and the to- the, be- the way that is best for them.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we've laughed so many times about how different our kids are and anybody who has multiple children, they know, you know, even from the same gene pool, kids are just wired so differently from each other. So there's never one formula that's going to work for all of your kids. Mm -hmm. But we also live in a day and age right now of with so many tools to understand and be able to be good students of our kids. We've got Enneagram and we've got temperament testing and, you know, just all kinds of things that we can do to, to really understand our kids and pay attention to to how they're wired and so we just discovered with you know for example with our oldest son the way that the the environment that set him up to open up and talk was one where he is he's very sports oriented both of our boys are and if if our oldest son was sitting watching a ball game and I would just come kind of sit down and be with him in that space not talking, not driving him crazy, you know, ask him a thousand questions, but just be with him in that space. It would naturally lend itself to us being able to have a great conversation, even about something hard. So, you know, choosing the right times. Our other, our middle son was so completely different. Um, He, it it just, you know, everything manifests different in him than it did did his brother and sister. And he, I knew that if I wanted to have a a difficult conversation with him or just get information or just want to connect with him if I would scratch his back, you know, when, when he's going to bed or if he's sitting in, you know, in the, yep. the bar in the kitchen, you know. If I would scratch his back for a minute, just talk to him, he would talk as long as I would do that. So I would, you know, just figuring out those environments for our daughter. She wanted to download everything about her day the minute she walked in the door. So I needed to be in the kitchen or in, you know, at home when she got home from school because she was going to just regurgitate her entire day. Mom, you wouldn't, you won't believe what happened today. But if I wasn't there and she got up to her room and got started with something else, I missed my opportunity. So it's just so important yeah. to figure out those unique things about each child and and learn what their environment is where they are more likely to open yeah. up and 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 communicate.
0: Absolutely. And that, of course, changes when parents are, because you and I ha- have been blessed to be able to work from home, you know, while the kids right. are growing up, which is such a blessing weekend. But for those parents out there that are so busy, how would you find those pockets and still be able to read the right time? What What would you suggest to them? Well, the right rap- time to communicate is what I mean. Yeah. 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 Well, great
1: it's a great question. And number one, is you have to do it. I mean, it, it's not necessarily easy, but you have to do it. Otherwise, again, as I said, we will communicate to our kids on our schedule when we're ready. And and again, that works when they're young. It just doesn't work when they're older. So <clears throat> for us, dinner time was also one of those times that we decided we're gonna make it a th- this is we're not gonna do teachable moments at dinner. We wanna just nothing, connect. nothing is off limits around dinner table. They, I mean. Whatever they want to talk about, we're not going to correct. We're not going to say, but wait a minute. And didn't you think about this is this is the free zone just to. And so we found around the dinner table, (laughs) we learned so much at dinner because the point of dinner with a family is not eating. The point of dinner is communicating. So Mm -hmm. creating an environment. So we ate at home most of the time Mm -hmm. because that's a better environment for conversation just to happen. And we tried to be very careful that this is not we're not teaching. We're just listening. Um, so again, you're right. And with especially with two parents working. Um, but there are those moments and there are those times yeah. again with Garrett, our middle child. It was at night as, she's, as we're putting him to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Allie for me. The time that I can most connect with Allie, our daughter, was at night. I would go in her room. She was very musical and I would mm-hmm. pick up her acoustic guitar and we would sing a couple songs. And now she's comfortable and she's open. So even with the busyness of life, there are those moments, but we have to play their game Absolutely. rather than requiring them to play ours.
0: Yes, and again, it's intentionality right? You have everything yeah. you have. You have to the opportunities. Yeah. looking yeah. for the opportunities, not just let them go by. I love that you you have a beautiful chapter, chapter five, where both of you commend each other for brilliant parenting moments. You know, in in this chapter, what do you what do you hope to inspire by sharing those stories? Well the the I think both
2: of those stories had to do with that relationship restoration and um I'll briefly share the one that um that I did with our younger kids. Uh, no let me I'll share the one I felt like was Andy's finest parenting moment. This was this was just really great. One of our boys um one of our our family rules was, you know, respect mom. That was like honor Andy's mom. Andy's big Andy's big rule was honor mom. And we had an incident where one of our boys was very disrespectful. And so when Andy heard the story, found out what happened, he was, he was pretty, he I was, was pretty angry. angry. Yes.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> I had to wait honest. a few couple days.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but what he decided was this. He wanted, he wanted our son, you know, you, you have options on the table, especially when they're older, they've got phones, they've got, you know, our, our son was driving. So it would have been very easy to take a phone or to take keys or, you know, just to punish. Stay
1: home for three weekends in a row. Right.
2: <laughs> yes. Or yes. It, which actually punishes everyone in the whole family, including Absolutely. us. Um, so, but what he decided ultimately to do, he sat down with our son and he said, here's what you've got to do. You've got to call, you've got to ask your mom out on a date. Take her to dinner and apologize for your behavior. And he would have much rathered get turned in his phone and his, you know, truck and his life and, you know, kill me now. Don't make me, you know, <laughs> don't make me do that. Um, but he did. He came downstairs and he said, hey, mom, would would it be okay if I take you to dinner tonight? And I said, I would love that. And so we go and I, you know, I remember everything about it. It was such a, such a wonderful moment. Um, we're sitting in a restaurant. Um, he picked out the restaurant. He drove me there. We're sitting there and he looks at me across the table and he said, mom, I am so sorry. I was so disrespectful and I hope you can forgive me. And, you know, talked about what he did and and owned it. And I said, no, I'm mad. So I'm not going to be, no, I'm, <laughs> of course I did. I mean, I was melted in a puddle. Of, <laughs> of course you were, i had been there the moment. He, you know, I remember the shirt he was wearing. I remember where we were sitting in the restaurant. Um, and it was just a precious moment. And, and I had already forgiven him and awesome. I was fine. I love him so much. I was already fine, but that wasn't even really the point either. The point was how does he restore this broken relationship? Yep. And, you know, fast forward, a you know, chunk of years and now he's married. And, His wife was reading the manuscript when we, when we um, finished the book and she, she looked at me and she said, Sandra, now I understand why he is, how he is so good at this, because Mm. this is now, you know, I mean, it wasn't just that one incident, but it was, it has affected him for the rest of his life. Mm. He knows how to restore a broken relationship and that is serving him well. And so that's why.
1: And the beauty of this was it was over. In other words, what he did was terrible. But once he restored the relationship, we're done. We're not on restriction. I'm not taking your phone and your keys. We're done because you have restored what you broke and now we're what you broke and now we're moving on. But that requires more creativity and more time. So in the book, we encourage parents, especially as your kids get older, don't reach for the easy ways. Ask yourself who was hurt. How do I help my child restore that relationship? And once it's restored, you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, again, because we're parenting, not toward behavior modification. Mm-hmm. We're parenting toward healthy relationships. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I love this. And I love this conversation. I wish we had another hour to talk, because I know there's so much more I'd love to talk to you about. But We're running out of time. So I wanted to know from you if you have anything last. Else- Words that you'd like to do. Of course, I'm going to be writing for the Atlanta Journal a column about this book. Highly recommend it, and also share, of course, my podcast and YouTube channel. This interview, uh, but uh, give me some last words, some encouragement to the a parent out there that's finding themselves like lost at this parenting game.
1: Yeah, I would just say this: it's never too late to begin something new. Humility is powerful. Humility is powerful. And when you find yourself afraid, and every parent finds those moments where they're afraid, they're afraid of what's going to happen to their child, what their child's going to do. They're afraid that if they confront their child, it's going to hurt the relationship. Just remember, fear is not, getting fear out of the mix of parenting will give you clarity about what you need to do and when you need to do it. And the last thing I would say is this, when you're not sure what to do, call a friend. And before you do the wrong thing, call a friend, because all of us have people who are a little further ahead, people who can see maybe our situation a little bit clearer. And we gain so much wisdom and insight sure. calling other parents and parents who were just a little bit further ahead of us in parenting to get some of the wisdom and insight that we shared in the
0: book. So that's wonderful. Yeah, I actually yesterday interviewed Craig Rochelle on his new book, and, and he talks about how much you two helped him when he they hit a kind of a, a wall on their grow up raising their kids. So what a blessing. It's been a blessing to talk to you. Congratulations on this beautiful book that's going to be a it's a great resource for parents out there. So good, good luck for everything you guys do. And uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank Thank you, Patricia. Thanks, Patricia. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Andy and Sandra. Now, if you go to my show notes, you will find a link to my column for the Atlanta Journal Constitution, where you will read more about this conversation and the book. You will also find a link to the book's website and learn how to connect with the Stanleys. Don't forget to share this interview on social media. Tag me for a chance to win a copy of Parenting Doing It Right. And until we meet again... May God continue to strengthen you as you write your own God-sized story. Thanks for listening.